0: We give you everything that we are. Hallelujah, hallelujah. For those of you who just joined us, today is that special day um, that we recognize our bishop and our pastors for all of the work that they do each and every single day. It's the day that we set aside to recognize them. You know, God has commanded us to respect and honor men in authority, particularly those who are in pastoral positions, those who are shepherds over our lives, those who each and every single day do their very best to guide us, to direct us in each and every single way. It's the day that we thank them for everything that they do, for all of the sacrifices that they make throughout the year. Today is the day. Amen? Amen. First Timothy 5.17 tells us, it says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and in doctrine. Amen. Why don't we put our hands together for all of those who serve us in that capacity, each and every single day. You know, sometimes when um, you're a pastor, it's very easily for people to just expect for you to be there in each and every single call. And you know what? As a servant's heart, that is given to a pastor and just answering the call, they are there for you. But, you know, it's always so beautiful when we're able to take that one moment and say thank you for all that you do. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for crying with me. Thank you for being there when I really needed somebody. Amen? Amen. And this morning, we've brought a guest speaker into this house. Um, This gentleman is no stranger to this house. He is um, definitely our brother in the faith. He's our partner um, in this mission that Faith Dome has. Amen. Amen. This gentleman um, is a great friend to my husband, and I know one that he confides in. Um, all of the time, and who has truly been a friend. So thank you for that. This gentleman that I'm talking about about is Pastor Frank Reynoso. If you will come up here and join us, please. Hallelujah. And uh, this man can bring the word. I was actually expecting you to come in your sure. basketball <laughs> ghetto, and <laughs> your shorts those of you who know last time he came to preach he came in his basketball shorts and he brung the word that way and we received the word that way because we're just like that amen? amen we come as we are so um, without further ado pastor frank thank you so much um, for joining us for blessing us for bringing the word i know my husband had a smile from ear to ear um, when he saw you come in so thank you so much we love you
1: <laughs> praise the lord <laughs> hallelujah Amen. Come on, somebody say, God is good, God is good. To, me. to me. I want you to point to yourself when you say it, all right? Say, God is good, God is good. To, me. to me. And then look at somebody say, and say, and to you. Come on, one more time. Say, God is good, God is good. to me, to me. And, to you. and to you. Amen, amen. Well, you could be seated. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's always great coming here. Always, always great coming to Faith Dome of Fellowship. Yeah! Yeah! Come on now. Boy, I just, I love it, man. I, you know, today, today's a special day at, at, at the church that I pastor at. Um, everybody's wearing um, pink, you know, for uh, breast cancer survivors. My wife is actually a breast cancer survivor. Amen, praise the Lord, so I, let, I I sent a little tape, a little video to them, And um, but it's always a blessing coming here, because you know, I know I'm going to be able to worship, <laughs> come on now, I'm going to be able to just like to shut everything, I'm going to be able to worship, you hear me, like we in, it's time, the door's open, the veil is rent, come on in and worship, Amen. And, boy, we started singing some of those songs about Jesus. Don't, aren't songs anointed when you say the name of Jesus? Yeah. I just started crying. Yeah. I said, I got to compose myself. I got to go up there and preach. Well, I was about to lay out, take my jacket off, just lay out on the ground. Hey, preacher, you preach. Glory to God. I'm in the <laughs> presence of God. You know, when, when, when people really engage in worship, There'll be no preaching. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> when we really go on in, ain't nobody going to preach. Bishop going to be like, I ain't grabbing a microphone. I ain't grabbing nothing. The Lord is here. Amen. Amen. When the Lord is here, we just all laid out. Amen. Come on now. That's what it says there in Chronicles. They, they began to worship. The ministers hit the floor. They hit the ground and said, we ain't saying nothing. Let him speak. Be careful. Open up your ears and receive what the Lord is saying. I, and, and you know that that man who's on you, Bishop, I he used to invite me to come to his uh, service when he used to do the youth. And every time he invite me, I never preach. <laughs> they get the worshiping so hard, him and, and 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 Sister Elaine, and the people. You, you was there too, brother, sitting over there all innocent, like you ain't had nothing to do with it. Come on, man. <laughs> I'm like, I ain't preaching nothing. I, he started inviting me. I didn't even prepare a message. I just came. <laughs> I ain't preparing nothing. I ain't going to preach. <laughs> but I ain't going to complain either. Amen. When the presence of God come in, I'd rather hear what he got to say than what any man got to say. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So um, one thing I want to do, I know uh, me and Bishop have been trying to arrange, uh, you know, our schedules with the church and myself to really come out and give an update. You guys are supporters of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. When I say you guys, you all connected with um, you know, all the work that the house does and um, a few years ago about, actually about eight years ago I had an opportunity to come on staff with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes but I had to raise a certain amount of money and a certain amount of commitments and so I went to Bishop and, and said, um, you know, I got this Fortune 500 plan for you, brother. <laughs> get in now. Get in now. And um, so into this. And, and um, you know, God had caused it to come back in many ways and for many days. And really what I was just asking him was to help support me to go out into the mission fields, which is the public schools of our tri-county area, Seminole, Orange, and Osceola County. And I never thought it would spring out to what it has become. I mean, you know, I thought we'd just go in and minister on a couple of campuses. I didn't know that we would eventually be on 112, 110 campuses in um, you know, our surrounding counties and, and that I would wind up being one of the trainers nationally. And um, even this summer, this summer, if you add the, um, the three summer months, June, July, and August, 90 days, I personally was able to lead over 600 uh, student athletes to Jesus Christ for the first time. Come on now. So <clears throat> um, just, a, just a true blessing. And um, just recently, I got offered to go back up to New York City and begin to do ministry up there. And um, there was really nothing happening. And in five short months, we have uh, nine uh, Bible studies on public school campuses and um, actually four of them on colleges. So um, uh, one of the blessings was I was able to go and start up a huddle with uh, Fordham University football team. And uh, which is a blessing for me because Fordham Row, if you from the Bronx, that's where you go. Come, any, any boogie downers in the house? Some of them was like, look, that's I, you want to go to Fordham right now, right? Walk up the hill. Come on now, right? And so <laughs> when you go to Fordham Road, it it's basically was like our version of going to the mall. That's where you went and got your school clothes and all that. And I and I remember kind of looking at the university and telling my mom, what is that? And she was like, don't no say. Sé. She said, I don't know. I said, well, why they, what's up with the gates and these crazy buildings? And she was like, es una escuela. And it's funny. She was saying it's a school. And really, um, I, I talked to some of my friends, and I, I said, when I was growing up, college wasn't even in my mindset. Like, some people say, man, you going to college. I'm like, man, listen, I'm trying to get out of middle school. You hear what I'm trying to say? <laughs> I never made it out either. People say, did you drop out of high school? I said, no, I never dropped in. Come on now. <laughs> I, I'm a middle school dropout. You know my, um, there's a, uh, you know that movie Grease with John Travolta in them? My daughter used to watch that all the time and there was a, a song called High School Dropout. And my daughter used to look at me and say, middle school dropout, she used to <laughs> sing it to me. I said, you ain't right, that ain't even edifying, man. So right before she went to get her high school diploma, I went down, 35 years old, didn't even study, and went, took my GED and passed it. Amen? Come on now. Amen. The Bible says, uh, you know, fear the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So I got saved, and I just went, took my GED, and I just started. That's the test. Some of y'all should go. Go take it right now. (laughs) The Lord might hook you up. (laughs) He hooked me up. <laughs> Praise God. Shoot. Shoot. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I was telling my brother Francisco, I said, I'm four classes away from getting my master's in Bible and theology. Amen. Now, that's what God does. Amen. They're like, man, he's smart. No, I, I just go to church. and I just go to class and go, amen. And they pass me. <laughs> amen. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. They said, let's write a paper. I call all my friends over. Let's write a paper, y'all. What you got to say about Jesus? But, you know, it's good because uh, God takes the foolish things to confound the wise. Amen? And so what a blessing to go up there now and start up Bible studies at Fordham University, St. John's University, um, you know, uh, um, NYU, King's College, and um, a couple of high schools out there, especially in Brooklyn, met with a congressman. And they have no idea like some of you even in this room, that you can go into a public school campus and start a Bible study and be a chaplain of teams and work with students. So um, I'm looking forward to this summer because we've been working hard. Uh, This last year, we had, um, I think it was uh, nine to 12 football teams, many of them from Seminole County, right here at Seminole County um, at Lake Howell. We had Lake Brantley, Give me some of the schools, Pastor Robin, uh, so, Br- Oviedo, Seminole, Haggerty, all of them are there. So some of you men that want to come out, you could get the uh, 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 first-hand glimpse of how we get these guys. They play football, and then we sit them down, we give them a Gatorade, and we preach the gospel. Amen. I ain't talking about no positive message. <laughs> you know, a positive. Me- you know what the positive sign is, right? You know what the the icon or the symbol for positivity is. Y'all know what it is, right? Right? We take that thing up a little bit higher. So if you take this one up a little bit higher, what it turn into? A cross. Amen. So you can talk about positivity all you want. It ain't the gospel. And so we give them the word of God, and we know that you can be washed by the water of the word, that you can be transformed, your mind could be transformed by the word of God, that you can see God and you can get understanding and wisdom that comes from heaven and that you can uh, really live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. And it's impossible to please God without Cause you must believe that He is, and He is the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So we give Him the Word of God. So thank you, uh, Bishop, and all of you that sow, all you tithers, for sowing into the work of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We really appreciate. You can ask Bishop; we'll get you hooked up in any way that we can. You know, Pastor Robert knows, as he serves out there at Lake Brantley, and that's his job, and he holds it down well. And we've been funneling people there, trying to get the right combination. I believe we got the right combination there to do some things. And um, God is going to show out and show off. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I love Bishop. I love you, man. I really appreciate you, man. And... um, I was going to talk about, um, you know, just honoring the man of God and be careful not to tease them, even if they don't got hair on their head. And I was going to show you the story, you know, where they, te- they tease the prophet. But, well, we got a lot of bald-headed preachers up ahead. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see the glory all over them. Amen. You see that thing shining brightly. Glory to God. Put a veil on that thing, brother. Ah! We can <laughs> Be careful no bears come out of Oviedo Woods out here somewhere. But, but, um, you know, I was going to talk about that. But I I really just wanted to talk about um, how important it is to follow men, to follow people who understand what it means to follow Jesus. You know, Paul made an incredible statement. Here was the statement. He said, follow me. That's some audacity to make a statement like that. Follow me. What he must have had was a revelation of who Christ was for him to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says, be ye imitators of God. And so when you see men and women of God that are following the Lord, I'm talking to some of you that are young in the faith right now. Make the decision to follow them. Make the decision to follow them because, you know, we, 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 we have to understand that they've been in the faith for a while. And they have an understanding of the scriptures. And it's important for you to understand the scriptures. And it's important for you to study the scripture. Because the Bible says that we have to study to show ourselves approved. A workman that need if not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. What I love about the, bishop, about the leadership of Faith Donor Fellowship is that they are going to rightly divide the word of truth. If God led you to this place... You should give them praise and thanksgiving. I'm going to tell you as a veteran in the faith, because I'm talking about being a middle school dropout, but I know I was transformed by the power of God 22 years ago when I went into a church and I was broken, and they laid hands on me, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I left everything behind, my broken life, my perversions, my addictions, my vices, and I chose to follow him. And I know the Word of God. It changed and transformed my life. And I ain't trying to roll or hang with anybody who doesn't give honor to the word of God. There's people that have ideologies and certain thoughts and concepts and philosophies. But if your mind ain't in this book, if your face ain't in this book, hello, you might get on Facebook. You need to get your face in this book right here, amen, and let it transform you and build you up. And that's one thing I love about Bishop, brothers in the word, a word man, and giving you scripture. He getting mad at me right now because I ain't giving you scripture in verse. (laughs) But I'm just going to quote some things because let me tell you something. If I say something that's out of line and not not in line with God's word, he going to tell you. He going to call me this week and say, hey, man, thanks for coming out. I appreciate you. You're a blessing. I just wanted to share something with you. I appreciate you, and you might have been trying to say this. I don't really know what you was really trying to communicate. I appreciate you. But you said some things, and it might have been confusion. I appreciate you. But! <laughs> This is what the Bible says. And then he'll come back and share it with you. Man, don't take that for granted. Some people say, hey, Pastor, what you think? I love when people ask me, what you think, Pastor? What's your thoughts? I said, man, listen, I carry my brains with me. Come on now. It ain't really important what I think. You don't even want to know what I think. Thank God you can't read my mind and see what I be thinking. <laughs> it's about what the word says. It's about what the word says. And it's not just people saying this is what the word says, but it's people showing and displaying what the word says to do. And that's why I love you cuz you a doer of the word. And I know that the pastors that have been raised up are people that do the word, have a personal relationship with God. You know, um, I love this story. I actually just shared it at, at, at a funeral that I was doing, but um, they, there was, they was having this contest in California um, of, about readings. And so an actor went up, and one of the challenges was to to um, recite readings. And so this one uh, guy got up there, this pastor, and he was favored to win because he was an amazing orator. It means he was a great speaker. And so the task was on this particular portion of it was the 23rd Psalm. And so the guy got up there and he started just like articulating this thing, this act that he memorized every every um every word and and just the way he would throw his voice and he would pause and he would stop and it was just a beautiful reading of the 23rd psalm then this young kid got up and he began to recite the 23rd psalm but something amazing happened as he began to recite it people started getting emotional and he paused and had a couple of hiccups and didn't pronounce some of the words perfectly, but the people got emotional and when he finished, it was silence as he walked off the stage and the actor came up to him and said, man, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I just got to ask you, why is it when I recited the 23rd Psalm, people gave me a hand clap and they liked it. But when you recited it, there was a connection and the people got emotional. And the kid looked at him and said, you know why? Because you know the psalm, but I know the shepherd. I appreciate the people of conviction that come up here and bring forth the word. Because they don't just know the psalms and the scriptures; they know the Savior and the Shepherd. Appreciate the men and women of God that stand on this platform and bring forth the word. You know, um, a couple of years ago, I had the privilege to go preach in England, and when I went to England, it was awesome. And I, I found out. I said, "Man, I don't know if I'm ever gonna cross the pond again." So I, I went and took my wife. Cause my wife, she be, she be, you know, if I go somewhere, my wife said, "When we going?" <laughs> she be on that French, we oui, we oui, right? Where, where we we going? I said, "Baby, they invited me. They paying for us. That's how we going. Um, that's how I'm going." And she says, "Well, how are we gonna get out there?" I said, "All right, well, praise God. Let's save some money." And I, I love her too, you know. I'm like, "Let's go then, let's go." So, so we went, and and I found out that you could get to Paris in a couple of hours from England. They got this uh, train, and so I started asking the pastor about this. The pastor says, "Listen, I want to bless you guys. I'm gonna pay for your trip out there, and you go on a on a on a train." And, and you go over to Paris for, for a day. And you come, you go out there early in the morning, come back, right? So I said, cool. So we went, we went to, to um, Notre Dame. You know, we went to the Eiffel Tower. We got lost. <laughs> the French confirmed all the stereotypes of being rude. I'm like, where's the Eiffel Tower? Dude's looking at me. I'm like, bro, Eiffel Tower. I fool. They, they, you know, they don't talk English over there. So they, and they get mad because you don't speak French, right? For some of you Latinos, man, we used to come over there and they'd be like, English. Now I'll be telling the, the, the Americans, I'll be like, Spanish. Get another job, brother. <laughs> you learn Spanish, right? Bilingual. But listen. <laughs> right? So, so we go over there, and we, we, I wanted to go to um, the Louvre because of the very story that I'm gonna share with you. The Louvre is one of the most amazing art galleries in the world, world famous. It's where the Mona Lisa's at. Mona Lisa, right? The Mona, and, and they make a big to-do about that thing. I'm like, what's, what's the deal? Like, hello, right? So they in there and you can see people are having classes on these amazing pictures. And so you have a tour guide that'll take you through, and he breaks down everything. I'm like, how much is there to break down from the Mona Lisa? Right? But they just get all into it. So the story is like this. There's a guy who's going, and he's a tour guide in this place, and he's supposed to break down these paintings. Now, you get people from all the different colleges to go out from all around the world to um, go to these art exhibits. Well, this one guy gets up and he's he's really nervous. You know, first week on the job, and he's talking about the painting, and so he's kind of off to the side, and he's kind of stumbling on his words, and, and he's struggling. And, you know, after a week or two, you know, he starts getting a little bit better at it. And one day when he was talking, he put his hand in front of the painting and he saw some of the eyes of the people get excited. They got excited. And his hand was in front of the painting. And he was like, oh. And he just, he got this rush. So the next day he comes to work and he starts breaking it down. And now he puts his arm in front of the painting. And he sees the people's face and they, they're getting excited. And he's like, this is God." And somewhere in this, he starts to think it's about him and not the painting. So the next time he comes, he's talking, he's halfway in front of the painting. They can't even see the painting. (laughs) Ultimately, he's standing in front of the painting, describing the painting. Some pastors think it's about them and not the word of God. Not in this place. Not in this place. And as much as I come to encourage you, pastors, bishop, let's make sure it's never about us. Because the painting that God displayed for us and demonstrated through Christ Jesus stands alone. And we are just messengers. It says in Proverbs, a trustworthy carrier message brings healing because the message is Christ and who he is and what he's done and what he longs to see happen in this place. I want to encourage you to support the man of God because the responsibilities that he has. Is many. I wanna. I wanna give you a little list. Being a pastor. Of, what we have to do. Here's a job description. It's unofficial. But here's a job description. A pastor is, a motivator, amen. A song leader. I seen him today, leading a song a youth guidance counselor, a foreign missions expert, a field trip organizer, a social worker, a hospital chaplain, a prison ministry representative, a marketing director, a fundraiser, a legal representative, an accountant, a building repair specialist, a diplomat, a negotiator, a purchasing agent, a marriage and family and child counselor, a orator, a entertainer, a biblical scholar, a chief operations officer, a teacher, and an emergency plumber. Hello. <laughs> I know pastoring is such a job that sometimes I get so frustrated, I just want to say maybe somebody else could take the reins of this. I can't tell you how many times on a Sunday night or a Monday morning I questioned if God had the right person. I can't tell you how many times that I woke up and didn't feel like going to work but my work was ministry and how I had to deal with those convictions to not murmur or complain. I can't tell you how hard it is to be a servant in the ministry but what I did come to tell you This morning is appreciate the people of God, your bishop, that serve you. Understand their humanity. One of the great stories of the Bible comes from Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17, starting in verse 6, is where Moses and the Israelites are going to have to fight the Amalekites. And Moses had learned a lesson from his father-in-law, Jethro, to pick other people to to help him in service. People of God, as your pastor trains you, as he disciples you, as he nurtures you, as he helps mature you. Take your place to serve the people of God. Because you got a great thing going here, and they can be an explosion as you begin to hear your pastor and recognize that God is speaking to you through them to build you up. To equip you, according to Ephesians chapter 4, for the work until we all come into the unity of the faith. God calls prophets and apostles and evangelists and and, and pastors and teachers to equip you for the work of the ministry. Receive that thing so that we can be a healthy organism that ministers one to another. The body coming together. Make sure you support the man of God. Moses was a leader. And Moses had appointed in this story in Exodus chapter 17, he told Joshua, find a few good men to go out in the battle. So they found men and they went into the valley and they began to fight the Amalekites. This is what it says. When Moses stood up on the mountain, And lifted up his hands, the universal sign of victory. The Israelites were winning. When the pastor comes up and says, Lift up your hands, let's worship God. And they come and they speak the word of God to you. Man, victory starts to permeate through each and every cell, through each and every member. And we start to be who God has called us to be. But then it says something interesting. As Moses had his hands lifted up. It says, when, when, somebody say when. When, when Moses got tired, his hands began to drop. Understand the humanity of your leaders. We could lift up our hands right now. 10, 20, 30, 40 minutes. Your hands are going to begin to drop when you get tired. Not if you get tired, when you get tired. But Aaron and her went, and they served the man of God. They put a stone so he could sit on it, and they lifted up the man of God's hands, and Israel won the battle. As you lift up the leadership's hands in this church, you win the battle. Because God is then in turn going to speak to them in the midst of their humanity as our minister Elaine shared. Even in the midst of our weaknesses and our imperfections, God's word will come forth. I beg of you to create environments for the ministers to make sure that they go up to the mountain to hear clearly the word of God. All they are is under shepherds. I was even telling Bishop this week, I was enjoying this book called Second in Command. Lord, teach me how to be the second in command because you in charge. This ain't Bishop's church. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I ain't talking about the one with the Latter-day Saints either. <laughs> Hello. Praise the Lord. Amen. But we talk about the true church of Jesus Christ planted right here in what, what? We we over 10 years. How many years? 11 years. You know, there's a high percentage, over 60, 70% of churches don't make it past three years. You're in year 11, Pastor Rob. Year 11. Come on now, y'all grown now. <laughs> Come on now, you gotta learn how to how to yield this shield this sword right here. Pull this thing out. Y'all not you know, it's funny like. It, you know, we in this place where the Bible says, "When you was a child, you thought as a child, you did childish things. But when you became a man, you put childish things away. You don't reason like a child anymore. You don't think as a child anymore." We had to Bar Mitzvah time, where well, this church ain't no, it ain't a child no more. It ain't a baby. So we put away all those divisions, factions, those things that separate us and say, we're going to support the leadership of this church. And we're going to rise up and we're going to make a noise, a sound in the Oviedo area. Amen. And we're going to begin to spread God's word like never before. Like never before. But it starts. It starts with us honoring and recognizing our leadership giving honor where honor is due supporting them as they serve us i want to read a scripture from 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 I believe is the 12th verse I want to close with this. I wrote notes down. Just I just keep going. I don't even look at this stuff. But make sure. Maybe there was something nice I wrote down. <laughs> Praise God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. Reading from the NIV, the nearly inspired version. Now, now, that's for you King James, new King James lover fans. Now, now, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in, in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. Know those who labor among you, who are over you. Know your bishop. Know his wife. Know his children. They're both of them. <laughs> know the associates and where they are. And know that they contend for your soul. Some of you operating in ministry. What if Bishop didn't respond to the call? Where would you be? We know God would rise somebody else up and do things, but just imagine if he didn't respond to the call. Just imagine if there was some type of moral failure. Just imagine if him and his wife and the team didn't operate in integrity of heart. Where would you be? What would you be doing? You found a home. Let them know you appreciate them. Know their humanity. Hold up their arms. Pray for them as they pray for you. Engage in the work. Be willing to serve. Live in peace. Don't let ill words come out of your mouth. Believe that God is using them for the development of your faith. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Ask the Lord how you should serve them, what you should do on their behalf. I remember, and I just want to say this, Bishop, I remember, I I can't tell you, it was, I was probably in my early 20s. Oh, no, actually, I was in my teens, and I was considering going to the Army. So to go to the Army, I had to pass this test. You didn't have to have a high school diploma back then. All you had to do was pass this test they called the ASVAB test. And I went to study, and this English teacher, this English teacher shared this thing with me, and it always stuck in, stuck in my mind. She said, when you use the word appreciate, it must be used in financial terms. It's a word that has a monetary connection when something appreciates or depreciates. When you tell somebody you appreciate them, (laughs) love in word and in deed. Come on now. I want you guys to practice these special handshakes. They're practiced in the hood, and in some churches that are severely blessed. It's that handshake. Come on now. It is a holy shake. When you shake that hand, and there's a transferring going on in between there. And the giver is excited to do it because he's planned it out. He has a strategy. He's ready. He's going to give that handshake, and he's going to pass that thing. The receiver is shocked. Even when they know what's happening, they still act like they're shocked. (laughs) You ever got that card from one of your relatives, and you just opened it up like you didn't think anything was going to fall out, but you knew something had to fall out? And when it fell out, you were, oh. <laughs> but you was waiting for it to fall out. The receiver gets that thing and puts it in their pocket. you say, I appreciate you. So you're gonna have to think of another word. You could bless them, you can honor them, you could thank God for them. But when you say, I appreciate you, back up them words with some action. I learned that in Paris. I just lied in church. I was just kidding. Jesus. Faith Dome of Fellowship. I appreciate you. And God already showed me how many zeros <laughs> that I'm supposed to put behind the number of the check that I'm going to send to this church appreciating the pastors. I thought there was one... I, I, I questioned the Lord in worship, like, is there a dot with the zeros, <laughs> or is there... <laughs> He said, if you want to add the dot, put more zeros. That's how me and the Lord talk. I'm like, I'm just make it sure, Lord. I don't want to spend your money unwisely. <laughs> how many of y'all ain't got no money? I ain't got no money, y'all. It's all his. So I, that's how I roll. That's all you, Lord. What you want to do? All I know is you got to take care of me. You promised. Didn't he? He said, the righteous are never forsaken or their seeds seen begging for bread. So when he tell me to cast some something on the water and write a check, I'm going to write it. I've gone to, I, I'll never forget, a few years back, I went to do my taxes, and the accountant looked at me and said, there's something, there's something puzzling me here. I said, speak, brother. He wasn't a brother, but I told him to speak. He said, did you give away this much money? I said, yes, sir. He said, you, you, you giving away too much. And I said, no, I feel like I'm not giving away enough. And he just kept shaking his head. And he, he just kept making jokes about it. Well, it was crazy. I got my income tax check. It was awesome. Praise the Lord. Right? Whatever. <laughs> she got Right, so about a month or two later, I got a envelope from the from the um, accountant, a check from his personal account, and said, "You inspired me. I want to give back to you. Wow. Let your giving, let your giving." And I'm not talking about giving. I'm a game, I'm a son of a Don't listen. <laughs> If your giving always got to be with an organ, you might be out of balance. That's all I'm saying. Come on now. Give so you can get, and God's gonna. Come on now. If a dude is telling you numbers like 12, 12, you gotta give $1,200 and 12. Listen, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about red letters. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And if you think the ministers in this church got into this to receive, you're mistaken. They got into it to give. That being said, the Bible says they're worthy of double honor. And if, this, if they COOs and entertainers and arbitrators and purchasing agents, we need to take care of them, amen? amen. People talking about, I need to bring my kid. You know, one day I did a wedding. They spent, y'all ready for this? They spent $80,000 on the wedding. Look, my brother just grabbed his chest. He said, senor. <laughs> that brother almost broke the revival spirit. Senor, 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 no. You're leaving it, my God. Mercy on this. $80,000. They had bubbles and birds and all kind of stuff. They let the birds go and the birds came back. No <laughs> birds must have knew they was going to get fed or something. Just, come on, we're going back now. We're going back. <laughs> man, this, this thing was crazy. Crazy. Listen, I would have did it for free. I'm, I just want you to hear my heart on this. I would have did it for free. But I will not marry anybody without doing premarital counseling. So I met with them four to five times. Now, us pastors always blocking out an hour. But you know when you sit down and talk to somebody, it's hard to block out an hour. It turns into an hour and a half, two hours, two and a half. Because we love people. And we start asking more questions. I just, man, I just sat there with them four or five sessions, went to the dinner rehearsal, went to the wedding, bought a suit, because you rolling up in an $80,000 wedding. I got to get dressed. I was going to wear my shorts, Elaine, but I said, oh, I got to buy something now. <laughs> I went and got this stuff, Bishop. Went there. They gave me a gift certificate for $25. $25. Now, I don't know. Listen, you can't go to the night, you can't even go to like Red Lobster with $25 for, for you and your wife. I was like, 80Gs. There's something wrong when we don't honor the people of God. I'm not saying we're supposed to be riding around in some Mercedes and all that. You can see me, I'm gonna leave quick. Y'all wanna see what I'm driving. <laughs> I'm hoping that joke will start. <laughs> hey Robert, let's just put it this way. In my car, I got jumper cables, hello. When you, carry, when you carry jumper cables, you know what's up. My wife got a nice car though, right? So I ain't trying to play the broke, the thing, but it's all in balance. What I'm saying is that the people of God, when they appreciate their leadership, the anointing comes from the head and goes all the way down the garments and blesses everybody because we hook up with what God has for us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for men and women that step into leadership. For we know that this is not one of prestige, but this is the washing feet type of leadership. This is the serving. This is not for the accolades. This is not for the approval of men. But we serve You who is perfection and yet fall short every day in our service. You said he who desires a place of leadership desires a noble thing. I thank you for these that have laid down their lives for their brothers and their sisters. I pray that we would honor them, that we would respect them, that we would pray for them, that we would support them, and that we would appreciate them. So, Father, I pray that every way imaginable, it says that in Hebrews 10 24, it says that we should find ways to encourage others. May we find those ways to be a true encouragement to our beloved leaders at Faith Dome of Fellowship. Bless the bishop and his wife, his daughter and his son. Bless all the pastors and their spouses, those that minister to the couples, those that minister to the singles, those that minister to the youth and the children. Those that help balance the books and make sure that everything is organized, bless them. And may they be appreciated and receive from the natural things of us that come to receive from the spiritual things that you provide to them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.